Father God, we thank you that we are able to be transported to places through the gift of music, through the creation of putting words and music together, of putting the right notes and harmonies together, that it can take us to places that bring us closer to you. And so we thank you, Lord, that we've been able to experience that here this morning during our time together. And our prayer now, Lord, is that as we have read your word, as we come to think about what that might mean to us, we will have open hearts to receive from you, ears to hear from you, and that we will each go from here this morning with something to take into the coming week, whether that's from scripture, through the teaching, through the music, through the, the words of the songs, that we will each go from here refreshed and restored and ready for the week that lie ahead. So be with us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Paul and the band, for that, and uh, Mark and the songsters in the singing company, and uh, for everyone who's taken part, thank you for the techie team. We realise the gap that's missing when the worship group aren't here, don't we? So um, we hope that the guys from the worship group are having a great time of worship wherever they are today too. Now, I spoke to the young people earlier about writing letters. And as I say, this week it will be a case of if they've written to specific people that the letters will get to them or if it's not been to someone specific that they will be letters sent out in the post to members of our core family who haven't been with us today. But, I don't know about you, but I always quite enjoy getting letters. I guess it can depend. Bills, no, but letters, I quite enjoy. I was very excited um, on Friday. I got home from, um, from, I'd been out on a visit, and I got home, and there on the table was a very plush envelope. Very, very good quality envelope with a crest thing on the back, and it said it was from St. James's Palace. And it wasn't just addressed to Andrew, it was very specifically Mr. A and Mrs. A Stone. So I thought, oh, this could be an, an invitation from royalty. I was very excited about the prospect of that. And um, so I sent Andrew a quick message because I thought, you know, if it is a, something like a, an invitation, then we should perhaps open it together. So I sent him a message saying, we have this, I sent a photo. Anyway, bless him. He obviously didn't want to disappoint me too much, so he just said, open it. So, uh, so I said, okay, if you're sure. So I opened it, very carefully opened the envelope, you know, because if it was something important like that, you'd want to cherish it, wouldn't you? Look, keep it as a little memento. So very carefully opened the envelope. With great anticipation, pulled out what was inside, only to discover it was about Andrew's pension. So I was a little bit crestfallen, to be honest. But, you know, I do enjoy getting letters and I know that there are other people that enjoy getting letters. So can you think, when was the last time you received a letter? Other than a, you know, the usual mail that comes through your mailbox. When was the last time you wrote a letter? And what sort of letter was it? Maybe it was a love letter. A letter that in years to come could be found tied in a bundle with a little ribbon that people might look through and, and think what wonderful romance that you've had. Maybe you wrote um, a letter of complaint 
a strongly worded letter where you said exactly what you felt um, about a product or something that had happened and um, you put it down on paper. When was the last time you wrote a thank you letter? The exact opposite of a complaint letter, thanking people for what they've done for you. Have you ever written a letter to a problem page? Now, who here remembers Marjorie Proops? Marjorie Proops. For those of you too young to remember Marjorie Proops, she was an agony aunt extraordinaire. And um, there were days, and I think it probably does still happen today, but there were days gone by when people, if they had a problem, they would write to a complete stranger, to a public newspaper, so that the world and his wife could see their problems, and then they would grant great credence to the advice they were given by the agony aunt they had written to. In some ways, you know, I think that sounds a bit reflective of Facebook today. But that used to happen. Well, I don't know whether or not the, the trend of writing to agony aunts is still uh, such a thing these days, but our Bible reading today was a letter from Paul to the church in Thessalonica. It was his second letter to the church in Thessalonica. And it was a letter that contained some advice, not because they'd written to Paul asking for any advice, but because Paul had heard what was happening and thought he would write to them with some tips and hints. Now, Thessalonica was a city that Paul visited only briefly with his traveling companion Silas. And as was his custom, he preached first in the synagogue in Thessalonica. His message proclaimed that Jesus was the Messiah of the Jews. But the Jews who heard Paul's message didn't believe him. Some of the Greeks who heard his teaching believed, and also some of the leading women. But, as Luke tells us in Acts, the Jews that heard Paul's message became jealous. So these disbelieving Jews started searching for Paul and Silas, and where they were staying. Not finding them, they attacked Jason's house. Jason being a believer who had welcomed Paul and Silas into his home. We're told in Acts 17 that the leaders of the mob of Jews shouted out, These men who have been turning the world upside down have come here also. And even though they recognized that Paul and the followers of Christ had an extraordinary message that changed everything, they still sought to silence them. That night, Jason's house was attacked and Jason was arrested. Paul and Silas had gone to a place called Berea for their own safety. But despite everything, the church in Thessalonica took root. And with the help of, our, of courageous believers like Jason and his family, it flourished. But the opposition to Paul and the attack on Jason's house were not the only incidents against, against the Christians in Thessalonica. After Paul and Silas left, more trouble set in. Now that the Christians had been identified, they became targets of both the Roman government and the Jewish community. Acts 17 and verse 7 tells us that the protest of the Jews was that they, the people, were all acting contrary to the decrees of the emperor, saying there is another king named Jesus. Caught between a political rock and a hard place, the Christians became a persecuted minority within the city. Because of this persecution, many began to talk about Jesus' return. 
They believed the return of Christ to rule and reign and to bring judgment on their enemies was imminent. They believed there was a better day coming and they prayed for it to come soon. But what happened in the process was that some were counting so heavily on the immediate return of Christ that they stopped living normal lives. They quit working, they drew their social circles more closely around them and were in danger of becoming what we might call a modern day cult. So much so that Paul felt it necessary to write them a second letter to outline events that would surround the return of Christ. In this letter, amongst other things, he warns them to keep away from believers who are living in idleness, which were our verses for today. Now, Paul isn't warning them about pagans or Jews or any other group. Paul is warning the church in Thessalonica about fellow Christians who have gone too far in their anticipation of the return of Christ. So Paul has some advice when he hears that some in the community of Thessalonica have stopped working and are idly waiting for Christ's return. He writes to strengthen the community and get it back to its mission. Paul tells those who have stopped doing what he taught them to do to get back to work. His specific instruction to them was to work quietly so that they could earn their own living and not to be weary in doing what is right. In other words, the Christian life is lived in community and the community must continue to function until Jesus returns. And Paul's words to the church in Thessalonica, to do what is right in the face of opposition, persecution and discouragement are just as true for us today as it was to them all those years ago. We are not to fold our hands, quit our jobs, and live off the kindness of others who are working and doing what is right. But so what? We still live in the expectation that Christ is going to return. So the question is, what do we do until he comes? For the, Thessal for the Thessalonians, Paul's answer was to work quietly, earn your living, and don't get tired of doing what is good. But how do we do that? Christians today in 21st century Britain and in other places all over the world. Well, we can still work quietly and earn our living and we can still carry on, not tiring of doing good. But Paul wrote to the church in Rome with some advice on how to do just that. And so Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 from the message version say this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So keep on keeping on. Work quietly. Earn your living. Don't tire of doing what is good. And we can do that by being low-maintenance people, low-maintenance employees, 
low-maintenance students, low-maintenance family members, by working quietly, doing what we know needs to be done. We can do that by being people of integrity. If we say we're going to be somewhere, we're there. If we say we're going to be somewhere at a specific time, we're there on time. When we're at work, if we start work at a specific time, that isn't the time we arrive. We arrive before then to start work at the time we're meant to start work. People of integrity. And we can also be people who are kind. One of the big things that have happened through the conversations that we've had regarding Regent Hall is that people are looking for kind spaces. Spaces where people can come, where they can feel welcome, where they can experience kindness. And you know, when we are Christian people, especially as salvationists when we're wearing our uniforms, people will look at us to see what example we're setting. They're, they'll watch us to see what we're doing. They'll see those little acts of kindness that we do. So look for opportunities to be kind. As always, that may not always be as easy as it sounds. But at the start of each day, if we hand our lives and ourselves over to God and ask him to use us in our everyday, ordinary lives, then Paul's advice will be as powerful in our lives as it was when it was first given. We're going to listen to a piece of music. And it's a sung prayer. And it's reflective of the piece the songsters sang this morning about handing over our lives. And the title is Take My Life. As we listen to this piece of music together, then be led by the Spirit. Listen to what God has to say to you and respond. It might be that today you don't feel that you're in a position to say, take my life. There might be things in your life which you're not ready to hand over. But I encourage you to take that step and hand everything back to God. It may be that you're sitting there thinking, I handed my life over to God many years ago. But I know from experience it's very easy to take little things back. So we're going to listen to this piece of music, Take My Life. And as we listen to it, our place of prayer is here um, for you to come and pray. But pray in your seats, be led by the Spirit, and make this song your prayer this morning. Thank you. <laughs> 